Shall we start with a diamond? That suffering is caused by misidentification. We just forget who we are. We forget to identify as love. Shall we talk about it? My hope is that this is relief in these anxious times, these times that are an opportunity for compassion. I'm Danielle Laporte, and this is With Love, Danielle. My loves, I have something a little extra fancy for you today. I'm giving you an actual excerpt, all polished and professional-like, from my book, How to Be Loving. This is Chapter 5. It's called Your True Identity. When somebody asks me what How to Be Loving is about, you know, I would love to just say, well, love, and walk away. But really, this is the diamond of it all, which is the process of realizing that you're not your small self, that you are actually much more vast, and that there are actual steps that you can take. There are ancient methodologies and breathing techniques and ways of living to awaken to your true nature, to the diamond that you are. And I'm giving you a question to keep in your pocket when you get into any kind of bind. I'll give you the question right now. Here's your sneak peek. It's this. When a problem arises, what will you ask yourself? The answer is inside chapter five. Here's the excerpt from chapter five, your true identity. Chapter five, your true identity. How we see ourselves and interpret the events of our lives is what creates suffering or fulfillment. Healing is making the transition from an ego-centered to a heart-centered life. Healing is learning how to be loving. We become more loving as we wake up to the true nature of life, which is love itself, and being our unique expression of that universality. Healing is identifying as inclusive love. It's the journey from seeing ourselves as small and separate to recognizing that we're each a holy and essential part of the divine plan. We're here on this planet at this time to heal, to embody qualities of the heart, virtues. A new earth emerges from higher states of consciousness. We're evolving from fragmented personality identifications to more whole beingness, from holding grievances to generous compassion, from standing in opposition to a unity that corrects all imbalances. The earth plane is like a mashup of individualized karma, collective consciousness, and divine ordination. And it's all up right now for massive transformation. We can feel the shifting happening within our psyches, within our nervous systems, in our relationships. It's playing out on a world stage. It feels both internal and assigned, pressurized and 
enlivened. So how do you move steadily through an epic shift for the human race? How do you do what needs to be done for your soul's work and for the next generation? How do you steer with love when you're dealing with polarized personal conflict and a world that looks like it's out of control? How do you do that? Focus on what you have the immediate power to control, which is how you perceive yourself. You have immediate power to control how you perceive yourself. We stop the outer wars by bringing peace to our inner battle. Identification causes suffering. Essentially, this is the first teaching of the Buddha. I'll put a finer point on it. Misidentification causes suffering. Misperception, an inaccurate conclusion of what we are. How we see ourselves and interpret the events of our lives is what creates the suffering or fulfillment. Do you see yourself as the wound or the healer? The past or present? Alone or complete? Competent, capable, challenged, doomed, blessed, supported? Misidentification is this. I am my personality traits and my body. I am my career, my nationality, my reputation. I am my thoughts, my beliefs, my feelings. I am this small self. Truthful identification is this. I am pure life energy. I am a divine being. I am a soul. I am a ray of the light of creation. I am you and you are me. I am the eternal loving presence. I am one with the universe. I am divine love. Identification as our divine nature, as our soul, allows our consciousness to expand. Now, to even entertain the concept of being innately divine, that raises our frequency. Just think about being higher energy, and you generate higher energy. This is the holiest use of the mind. When we are conducting higher frequency energies, virtues such as love, compassion, harmlessness, we begin to dissolve are lower fear-based energies. The higher subsumes the lower, and everything gets lifted into loving awareness. When we understand that we're divine energy beings, and every single one of us is here to help humanity ascend to higher levels of love, then our vanities and our judgments, they seem as petty as they are. A lot of what the personality gives power to is inconsequential. It's meaningless. 
when you know that you've incarnated to shine your eternally inextinguishable light, does it really matter what people think of you or what kind of car you are driving? No, not so much. So how does a divine perspective work when a problem surfaces? Let's say you have a painful physical challenge that you're working to heal. The pain occurs, and before you choose your reaction to the pain sensation, you can breathe into your heart and ask yourself, what am I identifying with? Are you seeing yourself as the pain in your body? You're bigger than any physical pain sensation. Are you the body that's holding the pain? Your energy extends far beyond your organs and skin. Are you the brain that's firing the pain signals? No, that's just your biology. Are you the mental mind that's chattering to you about pain levels and remedies? Those are thoughts and feelings, and you are most definitely not your thoughts or feelings. You are the consciousness that's observing the thoughts, feelings, and physical sensations. You are the eternal loving presence that's witnessing your current personality and body having a particular experience. And that means that you can use your consciousness to transform the pain into healing. You are not the wound. You're the healer. All right. So when any type of pain occurs, you can think, I'm Jane. I'm sad and I'm scared and this hurts. Which is probably how you will feel because you're human. Hold those feelings ever so gently. But keep your energy moving toward your heart center. You can make a choice at that moment to stay stuck in that limited identification, or you can simply breathe into your heart and remember that I am the eternal loving presence. And that means you have a universe of resources to draw on. Or you can just keep believing that you're just Jane. Perspective shifts energy. Let me give you the definition of divine, an adjective, of or relating to spirit, God. Extremely good, unusually lovely, exalted, heavenly, celestial, glorious, sacred, blessed, all-powerful, holy, eternal, divine. Maybe you're in a tough place, emotionally speaking. You could be aware of it just sitting in your car or being in your living room, feeling that binding sensation of loss or dread of confrontation. That despair is a real experience, just like the clouds that are really moving through the sky. You can think one of two things. I'm a small human in despair. I'm a small human inside of despair. 
Or I'm a spiritual being with despair passing through me. You're not invalidating the heavy emotions, but you're reframing who's experiencing them and how. You can see yourself as bound by the emotion or as a strong container for the emotion. Waking up from life-limiting identifications is the liberation that our souls want for us. Instead of seeing our challenges as curses, we can see them as portals to radiance. You can be awake to your sadness or frustration. You can regard your body as a conduit of love rather than a cage. You can sit in your pain or you can sit with your pain. This is the difference between seeing yourself as a flashlight or a light ray streaming from the sun as insignificant or as connected to source. When we see ourselves as divine beings, we stop craving fulfillment from sources outside of ourselves. We feel more empowered, capable, more whole. We play for team life force. We know that we are fueled by the same prana that grows sequoia trees and emergent galaxies. And our memory returns us to sensing that we have never been, nor will we ever be alone. Not ever. So for context, divine being is pure energy force. Soul, the frequency of love, the vibration of light. A perfect formation of energy particles progressing through the universe, limitlessly creative, infinitely blessed, sacred. When we see ourselves as divine beings, we stop identifying as broken or defective or behind. We stop letting our old stories direct our visions of the future. When we see ourselves as divine beings, we slow the pendulum swing between pain and pleasure. We stop pegging ourselves into good or bad associations as the victim or the vanquisher, as worthy or unworthy. When we see ourselves as divine beings, we are not the diagnosis or the prognosis or any kind of prediction whatsoever. You are not what people think of you. You are probably not even what you habitually think of you. When we see ourselves as divine beings, we know that we are most certainly not our past. We're no longer the issues. We're not the patterns. We're not the scars that we have accumulated. We are not the time we think that we spent or the time that we wish we had left. When you see yourself as a divine being, you are the greater awareness that is aware that it is both aware and unaware. You are the healer. Okay, let's review. 
When a problem arises, what will you ask yourself? This. What am I identifying as? A small self or my higher self? My thoughts or my heart intelligence? My defenses or my natural openness? As behind or as awakening? Challenged or divine? As the storm clouds? or the infinite sky. A metaphor for your soul. You are the soul that owns the house you live in. You have a house. You live in it. You decide what you bring into the house. You are the owner of the house. The house is the analogy of your body. You are the soul that owns the house. You own and care for and direct your body. Your house does not dictate to you. You control the contents and exterior of the house, your body. The furniture in your house is your emotions. You get new furniture. You arrange the furniture in different rooms of the house. The furniture doesn't control what you do in the house. Your emotions are the same. They don't control you. At least they shouldn't. Emotions are just furniture and objects that come and go from your house. You, the soul, are in control of whatever emotions, positive or negative, that run through your energy field. So the more resilience we've created as a soul, the less our emotions control us. Okay your thoughts. Thoughts are like the electrical wiring in a house. When the circuits are firing properly, the house runs well. It's the right temperature, the lighting works, the water runs. You are in control of your thoughts. Ideally, as the soul in charge, You're resilient and heart-centered, so you're choosing and energizing thought forms. Ideally, you're energizing thought forms that are aligned with virtues, higher vibration thoughts, you could say. So, this is a beautifully functioning home. If your thoughts are destructive, divisive, hypercritical, it's like the electrical wiring in the house getting overloaded. Circuits can blow or get corroded. We can adjust. We can adjust the amplitude. We can reroute some wiring. We can switch the breaker back on. Just as we can always cleanse our energy field. That cleansing helps our inner state release the blockages and the higher energy can flow again. So if we blow some circuit boards, we can call an electrician or a healer to restore the system. You are not your house. You are not the furniture not the wall hangings or the appliances. You are not the plumbing or the electrical system. You are the soul, the owner and the dweller of the structure, the house. The house, your body, is a structure to help you do what you need to do in life as a soul. You use your house to have people over. You are not those relationships. We all play various roles in life, parent, sibling, friend, leader. We're not our roles. 
We are the souls that have chosen to be bound in time and space through a physical, emotional, and mental form. Those are our energy bodies to play our roles. And by doing so, we resolve karma and we heal ourselves and we help each other. You are the soul that owns the house that you live in. You're not the house, you're the soul. Hey, hey, before you go, there is a growing collection of love notes for you, all free, all beautifully designed on my website. You head to daniellelaporte.com slash love notes, and we created a downloadable for you specifically from this episode that asks you the question, when a problem arises, what will you ask yourself? And I have a list for you of answers, a cue from me to you to always get back to your heart. Thank you so much for listening, for feeling, for spreading the word with love.